I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, setting goals, making lists, and the value of intent. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 371, with intent. And you know what they say about intentions. Yeah, you know, you know. So it's been a while. What to say? What to say? What first words to say? Over the days, so many little things come to mind. I feel like I am so often in conversation with some of you in ways that never get heard. Little notes I make and things I think, oh yeah, I'll just tell you all these little things, this little mosaic of day to day. And it's just not quite right somehow when I sit down. The things I guess we might say just in passing in person, things we might laugh about over coffee or even voice and let waft away on a rare phone call or a late afternoon walk where all kinds of things can be said as you go round and round and round on that walk. Said and let go and released and they're not cemented forever. It's just conversation. What to say here seems to be changing or something in my head is changing. I spent far too many minutes over the last two weeks making a decision about how to spend found money and not really found money. It's not really the right word. Found money would have gone to pay bills. That's where found money would go. But a gift certificate that has been sitting for two years, one that I was super excited about, really excited about, and yet didn't use. And why? Because I couldn't figure out what was worth it to buy. Isn't that silly? What would be exactly the right way to use it? I wanted to just say, buy yourself something crazy and be happy. Be excited. But it never works quite that way. Even though it was a gift, I was feeling weirdly guilty about using it. Guilty about treating myself. Guilty about buying something that I guess I don't really need. And at the same time, I got more and more wrapped up in trying to figure out what to buy. And I guess I have just never been good at making those kinds of decisions. They're not super important, but I somehow turn it into something that's way more exhausting than it ever should be. And when life was easier, I just buy both when I couldn't decide. And I guess because of that, I didn't really understand that I had this real issue with making decisions, with choosing. And now I tend to just buy nothing. But when push comes to shove, 
I get stuck in this crazy loop, deciding. Oh, I really, 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 I'm looking for the off-ramp to get out of this loop. I started out this time debating endlessly the color of a cap. Yeah, it sounds silly. I'm almost embarrassed even to say that. The color of a cap. And once I sorted that out, I figured, well, I'm going to go ahead and get a bottle or two of ink. And I don't know why I didn't just buy both colors of black ink, right? Both colors of black ink, or even all three that I really wanted to try that I would probably use. I can't figure out which one is better for the way I work and what I need because I haven't used them. I don't know why I didn't just do that. That would have been a lot simpler. But for some reason, I got hooked on this idea of a certain color. And down the rabbit hole, I went. The problem with ink colors and shopping online, which is the only way I shop, is that it's incredibly hard to tell anything. Now, I have worked online for more than 20 years, so I totally understand that you can't really judge colors on a screen. I understand that different screens are going to show colors differently and that how something was photographed is going to make a huge difference. I understand all of that. And yet, in the end, we sit in front of our computers or with our phones, and we're trying to make decisions about something based on what we see online. So that's really hard with ink. And maybe it doesn't sound like it. If you are someone that just uses pre-filled pens, I guess, then, you know, maybe you're used to, you buy blue, you buy red, you buy green, and it is what it is. But when it comes to bottled ink, part of the beauty and the decadence and the luxury of bottled ink is the sheer range. All of that wonderful difference. There are literally hundreds of similar shades and dozens of major ink labels, different brands. And I don't have experience with most of them, but I see and I look and I poke around online. And so in this moment, ready to actually buy something, something decadent that I would not buy myself. What am I going to do? What, what will it be? I would see colors at Instagram that made me swoon. And then I would look them up in other places and see dozens of other examples that made me sure that was not at all the color for me. And in some cases, I would see beautiful examples and then reviews from the same person that either described the ink much differently than that image or there were other images that looked very different. So it got really confusing fast. The number of times I added things to my cart and then deleted them, trying to come up with this perfect use of a gift certificate was scary. And while it sounds inane to think that on the back end stores notice these things, eh, they sometimes do my two-week cart ordeal might very well be the joke at some future staff meeting for this company, I have no doubt. 
They're probably like, look at this person. She added this ink and took it out and added it and took it out and she added it and she loaded the page like 200 times looking at the same ink before she finally, finally checked out. Those kinds of paths actually do get tracked and noticed and analyzed and observed and sometimes laughed at. And I just summed things up in a few minutes. And you're probably already like, oh, wow, she could have just said she had a hard time using a gift certificate. I summed it up in a few minutes, though, really pretty tidily. But it feels like it completely sucked me in over two weeks. And once I placed the order, it all just fell away. I wondered why I didn't just do it in the first place. Just pick the first three that really struck my fancy and go. I completely changed my mind in the last minute anyway. Didn't even end up with a sample of anything of one of the brands that I had spent so much time researching. And yes, in this process, I also veered off into the perfect book for next year puddle or cesspit or quest. And yeah, I turned on countless videos about a certain size or two sizes in the background while I was working, kind of listening and glancing over and seeing some of the examples, trying to figure out what I might really use. I just, I hate to have to buy something that then isn't right. It feels like such a waste. And I guess at this point, I just, the idea that I have this gift and I might waste it, it's just kind of hard. But super excited to have placed the order. And by the time I finish this up, it will have arrived. And I'm going to know at that point how it all went. Because it's kind of like being a kid in the candy store, right? There are thousands of options. And you're so excited because you want them all. You just want them all. Even though you know you don't need them all. You just want them all. And so it's really hard to pick because if you have to pick, you want to pick what's just right. And of course, it was a lot of fun because even though it sucked me away for two weeks, but it was fun. A lot of times I'm given things which aren't necessarily what I would have picked. So I think this was a rare opportunity. So it was a lot of fun. But yes, time lost. True enough. Time lost. In the process, I did relocate a pin that I had been hunting for, and that was a good thing. I was doing that giant pin cleanup anyway, but I had not been able to find this pin, which is one of my favorite pins, and I knew I had had it out just recently, and somehow I had misplaced it, and I'd kind of been really wanting to find it again to make sure I was right about how I felt before I placed this order. And when I found it, so strange, when I found it, it was inked in a color that is just making me really happy. A lovely shade of red orange. I am right now so enchanted with this color, which of course I was so enchanted with the color that I kept thinking, well, I don't really need anything else. But I was so enchanted with the color, I thought, well, what else might I find in this general range? But I'm puzzled by what it is, what's in this pen. I am thinking 
it might be the one I bought last November when I went through a similar ink debate debacle and ended up buying something different than I planned. Seems to be my MO. And at that point, I didn't love it. I was getting ready to do my gratitude project. I had this whole idea of working only in red. And what I finally ordered, I didn't love. So I'm puzzled. If that is what's in this pen, I'm very puzzled. I need to get the bottle down. I'm going to do that today. I need to get the bottle down and just take a look because, I mean, I know we change. I know what we like shifts on and off and back again and just like a, I don't know, like a creek just constantly in motion. But if somehow that ink is the one right now I'm loving, then I am, I guess, really confused because that's a pretty dramatic shift because right now I'm loving whatever is in this pen and I just can't figure out what else it might be. If it's not that ink, then I really have to figure it out because I love it. So I found it. That was good. At several times in the ordering process, I did get sidetracked by swatches of green greens that would completely make me catch my breath. And I just kept looking away. (laughs) I almost at the last minute caved and just spur of the moment bought this one specific green. I saw it and I thought, oh, that is exactly the color that I can never quite articulate to people. That's the color right there. I go through this with fabric and with yarn with people all the time in terms of green. And I was like, oh, that's it. But I just said, no, no, I've done all this. I'm really trying to stay really narrowly focused in this one color range. When it comes to color, there are so many variations and nuances, tones and shades. And with ink, things look incredibly different when you write with a broad nib versus a fine or extra fine. And since I prefer working with fine or extra fine, I'm never going to get the same vibrant colors as some of the samples that I see. And that's part of what happens is that some of what I see that I love is never going to look quite like that the way I use it. But it's just part of working with ink. So maybe I'll let you know what I ordered. I feel so silly about it, but also really excited. Like I said, I'm very excited about what's coming the list of colors I also wanted in this process. It's kind of crazy. The excess of all of this, yeah, it kills me. Yeah, it's decadent. And yeah, it's kind of fun now that all the stress of it's over. But it also leaves me in this sort of excess of wanting, which is, yeah, just kind of, I know it's not really a good thing. My order is supposed to come today, though, so I'm super excited. So two weeks, I said two weeks. And yes, I know it was two weeks. And how do I know it's been two weeks? Because that's how long it took. Two weeks after two years of sitting unused, I finally used this gift certificate. I finally decided I'm going to do this. And it took me two weeks. And how do I know? Because I said two weeks ago, okay, this week, I'm going to try and use this gift certificate. And I said that in a small space where each week, in theory, I am invited to name a goal from my 50 before 50 list and sort of look it over and say, well, I think 
I'll do this. And using the certificate is on my list. They really do linger in such a way that making it a list item made sense. I also knew that it would be a guilt-free treat and whimsical. And like I said, decadent, it's a great word for being able to buy pen and ink without having to worry about whether or not you can afford it. So I knew it'd be fun. So it made my list. But I kept pushing it into the future until two weeks ago. And then I decided I would do it. And once I said it, then the journey started. I fully intended for it to be something I did in that week. It just lingered, sprawled. I stuck with it. Knowing I said I would do it, I did it. List item, check, complete. And that, that list item, check, complete. That really is the power of a list. Our lists range in size. Our daily lists, our monthly goals, our yearly goals, our birthday lists, our to-be-read lists, our mini bucket lists, and maybe our big bucket lists. But I think there's something real about the fact that if something is on your list, you have a higher chance of doing it. Sure, maybe this is more true for some personalities than others. I get that. And of course, it is also true to the degree that you own the list or that you have created the list, that the list is yours. So I'm not talking about when somebody else gives you a list of things to do or when you're using a set of prompts, for example, or when there's some kind of structure or order being imposed that you try and rebel against. I'm talking about a list that you create, that you have had input into. And if you are the one that made the list, I think your chances are better of doing the things on the list versus things that you considered for the list, but didn't include. When I started this 50 before 50 list, I had no idea how that list would evolve. I've said that now many times. I didn't realize how it would evolve or how important it would be to me. At this point, my list has become almost a roadmap for my year. At some point every week, I pull up my Trello board and I look at the items still to do and I think, what will be good for this week? I try and pick something. What do I want to do? What fits with how I'm feeling or what time I might have next weekend. I pretty much do all these things on the weekend. What do I want to save until later? I think about it and I make some kind of mental plan. I try and pick something. And some weeks I look and I think, I have a bunch of these other kinds of in the house projects, things that get worked on over time in process. And so I'm just going to keep working on those. And that's okay, too. But when I started, when I first started throwing everything at this list to see what would stick, to see if I could even come up with 50, it looked a little bit different, looked a lot different. One of the very first things that I put on my list was peppermint patty. And, and that is not on my list now. And it was a pretty odd thing. There was a reason. There was a train of thought. I ended up doing a good bit of research and poking around even before I finalized my list, which could have meant that I kind of did it. 
But in that process, I realized I didn't want to pursue it beyond that. So I just didn't include it on the list. But there were other things that also ended up on the list really early on, especially as I thought about things that are around me that I don't do, things that I don't take advantage of, local things, festivals, neighborhood type things. They were on the list, a couple in particular. I spent time, I researched, I figured out when they were, some of them happen with regularity, and I figured out when the dates would be upcoming and were there any that I would really go to that would work in terms of timing, location, and tried to figure it out and thought, yeah, you know, I need to do that. I think I really want to do that. I want to be the kind of person that does that. I'll finally go to X this year or make a point to go to Y or Z. So there were two specific festivals. So there were two specific festivals on the list. They ended up off the list. They're not on my final list. And as the date for the first one came up, I still thought, you know, maybe I should still go. Maybe I should. Maybe I'll go today. Maybe I'll go over there. I don't have to stay long. Just check it out. It was really a street festival. And it's not on my list. And so I didn't go. And then the other one, I started getting the newsletter. So I would see when the next dates came up. And when the last one showed up recently, I looked at it and thought, yeah, you know, and I looked at it really closely. And I thought, well, you know, it's not on my list. And so I didn't go. If it had been on my list, either of these things or both, I really know that I would have done them. I would have made the effort, whatever was involved, and I would have done them. Things on the list, I'm definitely trying to hold up my end of this deal with myself about the year. And yes, some of these things are not complicated or and really not a big deal, but sometimes they are just kind of messy in terms of parking. Sometimes it's a pain for something that's really small. Some of them challenge my limits and my boundaries. Some of them force me to be braver than I am or more adventurous. Many of them are just enough outside my comfort zone. And some, you know, not all. But by being on the list, I think these things have a good chance of being done and checked off. To go along with those festivals, I have two other things that really bring all this full circle for me. I had thought I would put something on my list like make a habit of doing morning journaling. I could have called it many things, but we'll just say that. Something I really wanted to sort of force myself into doing is finding a way to fit that into the kind of schedule that I keep. And the other thing involved collage. When I was first trying to figure out how I would do this journal, I thought through all kinds of ways that I might use collage. I was thinking of split pages or facing pages that would be part visual journal and the other side collage. I had in my head gone through all kinds of manifestations of that with sort of orderly boxes into which I would do collage on these pages. I thought through a bunch of things. And then when I decided that the journal would probably just be written, then I thought, okay, I'm going to also then do a collage journal separately. And I really thought that this would be part of my list, this collage journal. It was really important to me, something I really wanted to do and still want to do. It's not the first time it has come up 
as one of my possible goals, one of my possible projects. And it would probably have been weekly. So I was thinking this weekly collage journal or weekly collage in my journal. So I did the first page. I did it just in a separate blank book thinking, okay, I'll do it separate. I'll keep them separate, but I'm going to do both of these this year. And when I did that page, I really loved doing it. It's got to be a project I make a priority. If there was any other project I pull back in, it's got to be that one. But I didn't end up with it on the list. Because it's not on my list, I'm not doing it. And every once in a while, I think about that and think, wow, I just hate that. Because if I had left it on my list, I would have been doing this collage journal. And I would have been so happy doing this collage journal. Because it's not on the list, it's just not a priority. I guess it's hard to hard to explain because, right, Inktober was not on my list. And 30 Days, 30 Inks, that was not on my list. And ICAD was not on my list. ICAD had already started, though, by the time my list was formed. I didn't put those kind of projects on my list because I knew I would do things like that anyway. So I didn't need to have those as part of my list. But somehow to make things like the morning journaling or the collage journal, to make those things happen, they needed to be on my list. So there's this fine tuning process, how we respond to different tasks and projects and list items, especially things that will be additions to what we're already doing, things that we want to make part of our lives and our habits for our creative selves. So those are just two more examples, because it's not just about places to go that matters if it's on your list or not. It has a much larger scope than that. And those are really concrete examples of things I wanted to really work on and focus on that I didn't put there. The morning thing, that is the kind of thing that's not quantifiable enough. That's probably why I took it off. Yes, I would still like to make that a real habit, but it's not something I can just do and check off. And my list is really things I can do and check off. So that's why that's not there. I know, but something to think about. There are, of course, many other things I have done that have been inspired by and fueled by this project. My giant pen sort was not on my list. I wish it had been, though. I think it would have been a good thing. It would have made sense, actually, as maybe ordinary as it sounds. It was a really good thing to have done, and it wasn't on the list, but I did do it. So, of course, we do things that are not on our lists. Of course we do. Lots and lots of things. But... I have thought a lot about those two festivals. If they had been on the list, I would have gone. I would have tried. I would have geared up for whatever it meant. I would have tried. And I know month to month, too, that when I have a few projects or goals, if I take time to write them down, I have a better shot at making those things happen. So, yes, make your brain dump list. Yes. But be sure and pull out a shortlist each month from it. Things you really want to do or take care of that month. Same thing holds true for a bucket list. If you make a huge bucket list, maybe every year you need to look at it and say, okay, these are the five or 10 things I really want to try and manage this year. I think pulling a shortlist out of our bigger lists can be a key to really making things happen, to doing things you want or need to do, to checking things off. And maybe it boils down to intention. 
A list is a very concrete way to state intent. Make the list, look at the list, do the list. I have been thinking that I want to do a midway check of my list. It feels wrong somehow to make changes. I am ambivalent about how I feel. But I think at week 26, I'm going to take a look and see if there are things I want to change. There are a few that I'm thinking I might want to change, but I don't know. I I don't know if I will let myself do that. I have to admit that. I am not sure that I will let myself make changes. So maybe I'll just have to have an addendum, another short list that goes with my 50 before 50. That might actually be what I do. I think a bit of time really thinking about it and thinking it through will be good. It will have value. And that's still a few months away nine weeks, so about two months. So it'll be right around the end of the year, which is not bad timing for that kind of reflection. So how about you? Do you use lists that are bigger than the daily to-do lists or the grocery list? I know that I've done many shows about thinking about your time, documenting how you spend your time so that you can find more creative time, making monthly goals, especially things like projects and tasks that you're doing alongside the rest of your life, because that's such a focus of this show, finding ways to fit our creativity in, checking in with yourself about those goals, and of course, goals for the year at the start of the year. So I've talked about all those things. I think some of you out there are similar in that if you have a list, it becomes the comfortable or even uncomfortable nudge that spurs you on, that motivates you, that propels you to act and do. And without it, you might sit by the window with your coffee and think about the things you aren't doing or didn't get to. You might wonder why you aren't the kind of person who goes and does those things. You might wish you were the kind of person who goes and does those things. You might wish you were really good at this kind of art or this kind of journaling or this kind of skill, or you might wish that you had a watercolor stream or that you were using gouache or that you were doing collage. You might wish all these things instead of doing them and instead of putting in the time that it takes to find out if you enjoy them and learn how to do and use those mediums or tools and how to get comfortable with them and how to get better and make them your own. There's a big difference in sitting and wishing and pining and thinking and actually doing. And I really believe that stating your intention to yourself or on a piece of paper as part of a list or to someone else can be a real catalyst in this process. I still wonder about those festivals, and I still feel sort of sad that I'm not the kind of person that goes to those festivals. But maybe next year. I do halfway wish I'd left them on. As for having someone ask each week what you might do, or someone inviting you to state your intention, it can be a powerful thing. Maybe you can't control the rest of it. Maybe you feel awkward about stating intentions, about how they're received, about what people do or don't say. Maybe you say it and then you wish you hadn't said it. Maybe you think no one really cares. Whatever it is that goes on in your head as the flip side of stating your intention, it's all important. 
But I think that stating the intentions can be such a powerful motivator for many of us. Just say it. Just put it out there. I do know that many people get wrapped up in stories they tell about themselves that make lists and accountability complicated and or impossible. I do know that. I know that. For me, I'm willing to take this introspective journey and really look at what works and what doesn't work and why for me. I face some uncomfortable truths along the way or some disheartening truths. This year is shining a light for sure. It's true. Every reflective and introspective journey shines a light. But we learn. We learn more about who we are and what works. And all in all, hopefully it makes us both able to communicate and interact with others differently, but also to pursue our own art differently. It gives us hopefully more peace and more mindfulness, a more settled feeling in how we proceed and what we do and how we understand the choices that we make, the path we're on, why we like to do A, B, and C and don't like the other things, or why it's so hard for us to go and do X, Y, and Z. So that kind of journey is what I'm doing and what I so respect and appreciate when I see it in others. And it's not always the easiest of journeys, but I appreciate the people doing that kind of work rather than simply just accepting that A, B, and C are true and nothing will change that and there's nothing to learn and nothing else to know about yourself. That's not really how I think of it. And I would say that I'm not alone, but it's funny because the year is sort of telling me something different. But hey, I ordered a pen and ink that I'm super excited about. Yeah, and maybe I'll write you a letter. Maybe. I do hope next year to try again with a project that I was doing earlier this year. I'm really excited about these inks. I am. And oddly, I chose the same colors for a knitting project that I'll be doing in December with my mom. It seems like I have made an unexpected color pivot. I keep shaking my head because I'm a little bit baffled, but it feels so right. And I think I partly have the 30 days, 30 inks to thank for some of this because while I liked the look of the portraits in some of the colors better than in others, when it came down to how I felt about using the different colors in my illustrated journal right now, there was just a huge difference. It was night and day how they made me feel. It was really profound for me. I used some of the colors and it was just, I just couldn't, I couldn't stand it. It just was so heavy and gloomy and sad and I just couldn't stand it. I don't have that reaction with just black at all, but with the combination with a couple of colors, I was like, oh, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And other colors really had a much different feel and tone for me. So I don't know. I didn't ever really use my favorite color, what I think of as my favorite color. I actually don't have a lot of ink in that color, but it would probably fall, might fall to the other side 
I don't know. We'll leave that for the new year. For right now, I've decided to pursue this one direction and I'm kind of excited about it. And if I go all the way back to last November and my ink buying quandary, it wasn't too much different. I was in a similar space. And then in January, I started out, you might remember I was doing a set of samples and I was doing one week in each color and really enjoying that as I worked through the reds, really enjoying that. And then I hit a color and it kind of all started going downhill, similar to how I felt with this recent exploration of inks. So I think it's all been simmering. It has, it's been simmering. And I think that's a good word for it. Simmering, simmering, persimmons, sunrise, sunset, mandarin, blaze, daybreak, blood orange, direct sun. We'll see. Today's word comes from that list I just read because when I said it out loud, I thought, oh, that's it. There won't be an emoji for it. Sorry. And I don't know that I could tell you exactly what one looks like, kind of think, but maybe not exactly. But the word in this moment that I'm loving for today's show is persimmons. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for today. That's it for today. It's a long show. I actually gave you the word a few minutes early. And I have another show I'm going to also try and record today. I They will kind of be back to back, although won't come out quite that quickly back to back, but the recording will. At any rate, I'm Amy. I really appreciate you listening. I'm glad you're here. I hope you have a space where you are invited to share a goal or an intention or something you want to work on, or even just put something you're concerned about out there so that you are heard and seen so that you do not feel alone. People need that. And some people have it in spades. They have all kinds of people to call upon. And some people do not. So I hope you have a space. I hope you have somewhere that you can say, you know, For the next four weeks, I am going to do a collage page once a week. And that once you say it, and you've said it in a way that you feel like you put it out there, not just set it to yourself in front of the mirror, although that kind of affirmation system can totally work. But if you have a place where you can say it more publicly, I think it'll change how you approach it and how you feel about it. I really do. So I hope you have that. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Special thank you to those of you who do support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativitymatters. And until next time, We are spiraling to November. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. That's right. Gotta breathe. Have a good week, everyone.